everyone and welcome to another episode of the Uriwe podcast, the podcast that tells African stories. I'm Ceci. And I'm Halima. Welcome to this week's episode, everyone. And today we're going to be exploring Botswana cuisine with Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi, guys. My name is Anne Boto from Botswana. And I'll be telling you about the taste of Botswana dishes. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We're very happy to have you here. And I just want to point out to the listeners as well that Orire held a literary competition in 2021 um, where we asked people to submit articles in different categories, food, mythology, and history. And Anne wrote a really beautiful article about Botswana dishes. Um, so you should actually check that article out. If you go on the Orire website, orire.com, and you search, you can search for Anne or you can search for Swana, T-S-W-A-N-A. And I believe the article is titled A Piece of Tswana Dishes. Okay, so Anne, can you tell us where, what part of Botswana you're from exactly? Okay, I'm from the north part of Botswana. Um, you can find my people, my people from my tribe, Kalaka, in Zimbabwe also. So we share the tribe both between Botswana and Zimbabwe. Cool, and what language do you speak? I speak speak Sakalaka from my tribe and Setswana from the whole country. Oh, okay. Batung, do you know what Batung, of course you know what Batung is, right? And Yes, of course. Yeah, and you know what Haibo is, right? So I'm going to be using those two terms. Oh my God, Halima. <laughs> Just, and I want to apologize because Halima believes delusionally that she is multilingual. <laughs> <laughs> she continues to maintain that delusion. So anyway, let's let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is Botswana and the dishes specifically. So can you start with telling us what is your favorite dish from Botswana? Okay, my favorite dish has to be saswaya, as I said um, previously on the essay. Saswaya is basically pounded beef. It doesn't have any mixture of vegetables. And it's served along with stem. I don't know if you guys are familiar with stem. Not really. Okay, it's... Um, hmm. I really do not know how to explain this, but it's kind of like maize. Okay. So it's basically a dish um, of maize and pounded beef. Oh, I think I know this dish. Is it the one where you have to like make it as a swallow? Like you have to cook the maize on the stove top. Yeah. And then you like stir it continuously for like 15 minutes, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I know that dish. It's more like if you're Nigerian, it's more like swallow, but it's softer than swallow. So instead of using like semovita, for example, they just use maize flour, right? And right. Um, so how is it prepared? Can you tell us how that dish is prepared? Okay, so um, normally the beef, we prefer to cook it without using a lot of seasoning. To keep it simple, we use salt. So you boil your meat with salt on high heat until the water you know, evaporates. Then after when the water evaporates out, you make sure that the meat, the beef, has become soft. Then you pound it. You pound it. 
you don't mix any vegetables, you don't mix any oil. And I think that's just, it makes it more good, you know, because it's healthy, you know, it's good. Then as for the stem, you wash it and you make sure to um, keep it in water for a long time, you know, to remove all the impurities in the stem. Then after that, you cook the stem for over an hour. Okay. Over an hour. And you can grate some carrots to put in the stem. And after the one hour, you enjoy your meal. Okay, cool. Doesn't sound like there's too many steps. Sounds pretty easy. Let's talk about another dish now. So what would you say is your second favorite dish? Okay. My second favorite dish is... Okay, so that basically translates to okay, if you're Nigerian, let me say this it translates to fufu of melon. Okay, yeah, fufu of melon. So Ah. they make using melon. I don't know if you guys are familiar with what melon is. Yeah, we know what melon is, but I didn't even know you could make fufu with melons. Oh, wait. No, there's something we make with melon seeds. Is a goosey, but not fufu. I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, but they use the, the melon. They cook the melon and they mix it with the fufu powder somehow or some sort. Then um, they serve it along with what we call sour milk. Um, in my language, we call it madila, right? Um the way that they make this madila, it's very simple. I guess this is how everybody makes it. They, they take fresh milk and put it under the sun for three days until it's thick in appearance and it's sour in taste. And you serve it along with the bukhobe jale rote, the fufu of the melon, and you enjoy Sounds real. I really want to try all these things because like, sometimes when dishes are described, it's hard to picture it in your head. So I would really like to one day explore and try and eat these things. So these things we've been talking about, are they like, would you call them like a main dish? Not like an appetizer, really. No, it's something that can really fill you up. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like something for lunch and dinner. Yeah, not something you just, you know. So what are some appetizers that are popular in Botswana that you can share with us? Um, That's... That's a really hard question, but um, something that I used to to have when I was growing up was marula. It sounds familiar from amarula. So Botswana has this tendency of having amarula trees everywhere. I, I have no idea how, why, but they grow these large trees everywhere of the marula tree, okay? So every time I come back from school, I would pick the, the marula fruit from the ground and I'll have it. I feel like Botswana has more of food that fill you up more than something you can just snack on. But yeah, the marula is the seed. It's a seed that um, has a green covering, but then it turns to, to become yellow when it's ripe and ready to eat. So the marula is a fruit. That name sounds familiar. I think there's like a, a liquor called amarula. Do you know of it? Like the, is it whiskey or yes, something? Yes. You know? So that's what it's made with, right? 
Yes, that's the, the, the fruit that they make it out of. Interesting, interesting. Okay. So, um, I have this friend who is like from Botswana, right? And then she always makes this joke how Nigerian dishes like take a lot of time to make. So like what is the average amount of time that you say it takes to prepare any dish from your country? Hmm. Interesting question. It actually takes one hour. That's the maximum that every traditional food in my country takes to make. Mm -hmm. But one thing that really takes long is the madila, the sour milk. But despite that, the others take um, a maximum of one hour. Yeah, that's just something I find very interesting. And I think it's very productive, like how fast um, people from Southern Africa, they cook their meals. I think West Africa can learn from them. But anyway, um, what other questions do we have? Is there any particular cuisine you'd like us to try? Yes. Um, something that when I was in Rwanda, I used to live in Rwanda before I moved to Lesotho. Okay. The one thing uh, I went around telling my friends is you have to try the Mopani worms. And every time I said that, they looked at me as if I was crazy. Did you say worms? You just... Yes, exactly. And that's how their reaction was. Did you say worms? No, I'm not going to have that. But Mopani worms are really interesting to try and they're really good. They're really good. So I would suggest that, you know, you guys should try them. Are they cooked? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, they are cooked. Um, okay, let me tell you a story. Okay. So um, since December, it has been raining Mopani worms. Okay, I'm being sarcastic, but it's been, Botswana has been having a lot of Mopani worms. When I say this, I mean like everywhere you go, you would see Mopani worms. My brother back at home will call me and say, ah, and look at these Mopani worms. I already collected a bucket of 12.5 liters of Mopani worms. Okay. So they take these mopane worms and they squeeze out the, the yucky things out of them. They dry them. Then when they are dry, they fry them and make some gravy with it. So they are cooked. Yes, they are cooked. Interesting. And then um, I just want to quickly address something. So one of... um. Someone on the Oriri team, he put something in the chat saying that most West African dishes actually, like you can make them within an hour. I was talking about maybe, let me say myself, because it takes me an average of like two and a half hours to get through cooking any Nigerian meal. But I've noticed like my Botswana friend, she's typically done within like 45 minutes. And I'm like, ah, what, what is she cooking? What am I cooking? So anyway, I think West African dishes take a long time, but that's just what I think. Ceci, what do you think? I don't know. I think it depends on the dish. Like there are some dishes that, and also it depends on the quantity you're cooking as well. For example, I don't think a lot of things you can do in under an hour. You can cook stew in under one hour. You can make jollof. Well, yes, I suppose you can make jollof in under one hour if it's not like a huge pot. But some things take more time. For example, like moi moi or something that requires more prep where you have to go and peel the beans and blend the beans and or something like 
I don't know, more of those traditional dishes, echo or all those things that require more preparation beforehand. So I understand why that would take long. But for the Botswana dishes, I feel like they, the thing about it is she's mentioned something about sour milk, which they used to cook a few dishes, right? So is that something that you buy already made and, or is it something that like you have to prepare yourself probably the day before or something like that? Well, it actually depends. You can buy sour milk in the stores these days, but um, if you live in a place where you're in a village, then you make it. Cool. So like, you know, when you guys are like celebrating parties or like any occasion or whatever, are there like any particular dishes you make? So for example, in Nigeria, in like literally every party, there's always jollof rice. So is there like a staple dish that you guys have at every party? Um, I wouldn't say every party, but if we're talking about weddings and funerals and yeah, stuff like that, we have the Bukhoba Jale Rotse, as I mentioned. We have Morocco Adinawa. Um, it translates in English to the spinach of beans. Okay, the spinach of beans, which is spinach with pounded beans. I don't really know how they make it, but yes, it translates to that and they make it with pounded beans. And we also have the madila, the sour milk to serve along with the bokhobe jale rotse. And the main, the main dish that we do not miss at one of these events is bojala jasetswana, which translates to the beer of Setswana, which is, which is, um, a traditional made beer in Botswana, made from made from um, sorghum, okay. sorghum. But then this one, I feel like more of the elderly people are into the beer. I've never really seen a younger person drinking the beer. Mm, that's so cool. Um. Do you have any questions, Ceci, before I ask the last one? I think there's still a few more questions before the last one. So um, of all these dishes that you've mentioned, which one would you say is like the quickest? Like if you want to eat something, you're hungry, you're on a time crunch, you need to make this dish, or let's say guests are coming over less than an hour, you don't have time. What would you What would you make? It has to be the stump and the saswaya. It has to be the stump and pounded beef. Okay. And so have you tried a lot of meals from other African countries or any meals from other African countries pretty much? If so, which countries and what have you tried? As I mentioned, I lived in Rwanda for um, some time. So I did try. I tried um, sombe. Okay. Sombe is a dish. It's greeny leaf vegetable made from cassava leaves. Then they cook it with um, beef inside. As you can tell, I am a meat lover. So I was really, I was really invested in trying it. I've tried um, some beetroot juice, which was something that was very new to me that they made in Rwanda. A lot of dishes in Rwanda. Were very unique and turned out to be really good. 
Have you had any dish from West Africa? Yes. Yes. Which one? I have tried jollof rice. Nigerian. Because as you know, Nigerian food is like everywhere. Everywhere you go, you find a Nigerian restaurant. So I have been very, you know, eager with trying Nigerian food. So I have tried jollof rice and I'm willing to try more traditional foods that you guys have. Nice. How was jollof rice for you? Did you like it? Yes, I really loved it. Ooh, nice. <laughs> um yes. So um we've talked about a lot of cultural dishes from Botswana. And I think when we um asked for submissions for that article, we were talking about like, you know, content related to mythology, history, and food that had kind of impact on the culture. So what do you think about <laughs> what do you think about traditional dishes and like especially traditional Botswana dishes and how they kind of like have hmm, affected the culture in a way like is it still something that people still do people still usually eat traditional dishes or are people like leaning towards modern day dishes today or is it something that like you go to every home and they pretty much have the traditional dishes once a week do they serve the traditional dishes in restaurants as well etc Batum, I've been waiting to use that, that phrase. Okay, now you can answer the question. <laughs> okay, before you ask the question, um, could you tell the listeners what Batum and Haibo means? Okay, Haibo is... Oh, it's a really hard expression to really translate. But Haibo is something that you say when you're really surprised. Okay. When you're really surprised, like, hey, Batu. you say it when you're very surprised, when somebody says something that, you know, yeah, that really picks your attention, something that you really did not expect. And Batum translates to people. So we, we tend to say Batum Bamudim, translating to people of God. As I said, you use it when you're very surprised. Mm. Got it. Okay, now answer the question about um how food food and society basically. Well, when it comes to Botswana, I feel like when we're talking about restaurants, they don't really serve the traditional food in restaurants. And the households of these days, you don't really find the traditional foods in people's households. It's just a few people that you find the cultural food in their houses thank you so much for coming Anne. it's been a really um interesting and enlightening episode and i really do want to try all these dishes that we have mentioned today because they all sound fascinating except maybe the worms i'm a little bit wary of the worms to be honest with you um but maybe one day i will try it out as well um <laughs> so thanks for coming Thanks for listening, our listeners. Um, and make sure to follow Anne if you want to chat more about Botswana dishes or learn more about Botswana dishes or Botswana. Um, and she's on Instagram. Her Instagram is at underscore M-B-O-T-H-O underscore. So uh, make sure to follow her and also follow us 
On Instagram, where we are Oriwe underscore Africa. Oriwe is, as always, spelt O-R-I-I-R-E. And also go to our website, oriwe.com, and read Anne's wonderful article on Swana dishes. Uh, if you want to come on the podcast, make sure to contact us through our website as well, or message us on social media. Hi, boo. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for having me. It was great to have you. Thank you.